Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. I'm Peter Hostrosser. Along with my co-host, we'll be speaking with CJ Reynolds, the real rap with Reynolds. Um, this is going to be an amazing podcast. He's, uh, he's the guy who's going to help every teacher out there be the teacher they've always dreamed to be. Uh, he's written a, a, a book is out. It's called Cle- a Teacher Class Off. I mean, come on, man. That's, a, that's just such a great book title. Um, and it's basically about how to, you know, a, a reset button to re-energize your passion in, in education because a lot of us need that right now. Uh, before we jump in uh, and have this conversation with CJ, um, I would like to thank uh, SpikeView for being our main uh, sponsor. Check out SpikeView.com. It's a great place uh, to build a portfolio. If you know me, I am very involved in students at any age uh, documenting and you know attaching their prof- professional selves as well as their academic uh, selves. And SpikeView is a place to do that. Also, a big shout out to the Ed Up Experience Podcast Network. We're part of the Ed Up uh, Experience uh, Podcast Network, that is. And if you head over to edupexperience.com, click on the podcast, you're going to find anything and everything around education there. It's a a super uh, group of podcasters around education. Uh, I don't think there's a better one out there. Otherwise, I wouldn't be a part of it with the uh, Disrupt Education Um, And uh, so check that out. Uh, Head over to disrupteducation.co or peterhostrosser.com. If you want to learn a little bit more about me, hit all our links. Allie and my links are in the notes to this podcast, as well as uh, every guest that we have. uh, There are some links in there as well. Um, we'll, We'll be right back with teaching your class off with the real rap with Reynolds, CJ Reynolds coming up right after this. Hey, it's Peter Hostrosser here. And hey, I want to tell you something about how I am actually disrupting education. Yeah, I'm moving forward with portfolios on spikeview.com. If you head over to spikeview.com, basically what we're teaching our students to do is actually to create a skills-based portfolio around their interests, their passions, and what they're good at. It's called the strength-based approach. So basically what we do is we build up our students and have them understand what they're good at and what they're interested in by the time they leave our high school. But it doesn't stop there. It's a K through gray. So if you want your students to continue to build their strengths in this day and age where resumes are dying and to show more and more about who they are, what they do, and they actually control all the data behind it, guess what? SpikeView is the place for you. Head over to spikeview.com, check it out. Let me know if you need anything, because I tell you what, I have used this with my own family and my students. Check out spikeview.com today. Welcome to this episode of Disrupt Education. Allie, I'm growing a beard. How are you doing? I actually just got back from Chicago um, for a conference. So we were in the same city for once. Yeah. We travel all over. It was um, it was actually like I feel like it was like the changing of the seasons uh, when I was there. It was like beautiful one day and then it was like rain, cold, (laughs) like Michigan effect coming in hot there. But that's good. I, I love Chicago, so it was fun to be in your area. No, it's uh, it is yeah. You don't know what the weather's going to be in about ten minutes, so it's kind of like Colorado, I guess, in that way. Um, 
Speaking of, we are going into our next round of, of guests, and uh, I've got another two-timer uh, on the uh, Disrupt Education. Uh, CJ Reynolds is with us. Um, I am super excited, uh, CJ, that you're here with us, The Real Rap with Reynolds. Um, we're going with The Real Rap with Reynolds 3.0. That's where I'm going today. But CJ, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, man. It's uh my only level i go to these days <laughs> just awesome i don't have time for anything else so so um, for our listeners uh who are in outer space and don't know who uh the real rap with reynolds is can you uh talk a little bit about who you are and uh and what you're all about these days man yeah so i am uh cj reynolds i taught for 17 years in camden new jersey and west philadelphia and i now uh run I ba i'm basically teaching teachers i'm trying to help teachers uh to keep it together especially in this time in education and to uh go from surviving to thriving in the classroom and outside of that i have uh two kids one wife two pets and that's enough to keep my life full all that right there so so since we last talked, you uh, you dropped a book, Teach Your Class Off. I, li I yeah. love the name of that. Um, I use assets because, you know, I'm a business teacher, you know, teach your assets off. But I like so uh, tell us a little bit about give, give a quick plug for that before we jump into uh, going beyond the score and, and, you know, where you are in your educational journey. Yeah. So um, so we started making it's really started with like making YouTube content um, six about six years ago. And that was just because my son wanted a YouTube channel like everybody else. And then when he didn't want to do that work anymore, because he, he, he's like, Dad, it's really hard. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. And so he didn't want to do it anymore. So we started thinking, my wife and I, well, like we have this skill now. What could we do? So I started making videos that I wish existed when I started teaching. And then from there, everything we've done is by like the audience that has followed along with us when they're like, Hey, you should do a live. You should do a Facebook group. You should come and speak at my school. We just create stuff for like what folks are asking for. So I got enough people saying you should write a book. And, and I thought, do we really, do we really need another education book? Um, and so my idea was, let me write the book that I just wish I had. So it's literally like written in such a way that I wish this was something that existed when I started teaching uh and that's kind of where the book came from so it's like that kind of guide nice nice I, I feel like that's like really encompassing of this series that peter and i started in the summer is about like disrupting the space but thinking about like what do we wish had been in the space when we started and like so that because in some ways it feels like it's still there. Like you kind of learn how to, you know, make do within an imperfect system, but like, what is something that, you know, little excerpt or, you know, just stuff you're learning now transitioning out of the space that you wish you had known, you know, give us a little like blip, you know, sure. here for, for our listeners. I wasn't a weird dude. I've always been kind of a weird dude. Right. So like I'm slightly left of center. And I think when you start teaching, it's a little bit nerve wracking to embrace that, especially when you're really young. I think sometimes folks come in when they're a little bit older and they're a little bit more self-assured. The confidence is a bit more there. But you play this game of like, do I wait three years in a day till I get tenure? Do I wait till I get a feel for what the school's like and who I'm teaching with? And the answer is no. 
you should go full tilt because what makes you weird is what makes you wonderful. And so I, when I started creating content, what, one of the first things I put out on Instagram was we do something in my room that uh, we, we do, like, I think pizza parties are kind of boring. Everyone does that. We have cereal parties where we eat cereal with the least nutritional value. And it is such a time of like, first of all, kids can't even believe you're doing it. Two, you have this communal moment of like, we're all sitting around eating, you know, Lucky Charms or Reese Puffs or whatever, and just sharing a moment together. And if you ever want to have teenagers be completely silent, if you give them a bowl of cereal, they will not talk. And you're kind of sitting there like, man, we, we don't have enough cereal to make this go for 48 minutes. So it was, so I did that. And then a week later, a teacher from Mexico emailed me and I got a, an email from South Korea and from Germany, right? I didn't even know they had cereal in Germany. And uh, I don't know what I thought they were eating in Germany, but I certainly didn't think it was cereal. But it was folks that took that idea and implemented it in their class and talked about how much that empowered or rather impacted their students and helped them to like get kids, like get to know kids in a different way. And so that, that was one of those kickoff moments. And then from there, it was, you know, that was just affirmation for me to like keep going. But, I, you know, I just wish teachers wouldn't wait to be the teacher that they dreamed of becoming. Like everyone has that idea. You saw the movie or you read the book or you did the thing or you had that teacher when you were younger and you wait. And it's like, don't, don't wait. Kids can't wait for you to wait, right? Like you're going to be on your fourth class by then. And then students you know, it, it's like there's so many missed opportunities. So it's don't wait to be the teacher that you want to be. It's the world needs you now. Yeah, that's that's uh, that reminds me of the moment when I actually changed, became kind of an outward going person and, and talking. And it was because of a teacher. And after you just said that, I'm thinking that is exactly my teacher's style. I try to replicate that over and over that moment mm -hmm. for kids and give them the opportunity to do something they're uncomfortable with yet be comfortable in, a, in an area where, you know, we all, I, I haven't done the cereal thing yet, uh, but we've had kids actually bring Chick-fil-A and other things into the classroom. It's awesome. Like totally breaking rules, but whatever. I mean, hopefully my admin isn't listening to this, but it's, uh, but that's, you know, you're right. It's, it's how you do that. And what's interesting is um, you get results. Uh, so can, can you go into, you know, maybe some stories that or a story where, the, you know, you have a dynamic, you had a dynamic uh, uh, crew of, of learners. Um, I, it was amazing. It was almost like you were the new Mr. Cotter. I'm, so, I'm going to throw back to because like you would bring some of the students in, um, you know, and then and then even beyond that, you'd have conversations after they left high school. What, what are some of the stories there that they just picked up and ran with the, the curriculum or even not the curriculum, but life um, coming out of those relationships you established? So one, man, if I could just have that Mr. Cotter mustache, bro, that would be <laughs> so next level. My wife would hate it, but man, it would be magical. Um, I, you know, when I think about relationships, I think one of the things that teachers sometimes are a little bit short-sighted on is that I'm building relationships forever. I'm not building relationships for this year, for the time you're in high school, for the time you're in college. I want relationships forever. And some of that's selfish, right? Like I love seeing how kids turn out. And so the um, there's a young woman um, who I had, I think in my second year of teaching and 
she was her parents had immigrated here from Mexico. She had a really tumultuous upbringing. She was uh, there. I mean, her stories are are just wild. And by she will tell you that she hated me when she met me. But I just I just kind of like that always just made me laugh. It was just kind of a challenge, like, all right, whatever. And so we I kept just showing up for her over and over and over again. And she didn't want to do the work and uh, she wanted to be lazy with the work. She was a really smart student. And she will tell uh, she would tell you to your face that I gave her her first C that she ever got in her life. And that was like appalling to her because she was a straight A student. But she wasn't doing what I knew she could do. So I just kept pushing. And over the years, we kind of like, I just, I call it like, I wear kids down with love. And so like, where they just get to a point where they're like, oh my gosh, I guess I will just, I will just talk to you because you're not going to leave me alone. I'm like, all right, great, man. That's all I wanted. So uh, Romina, I have known for years when she got older, she ended up writing the foreword to my book. And I think the first line in the book is when I first met Reynolds, I, I hated him. And <laughs> She stops by now for dinner with my family. She brings stuff over for uh, for what Day of the Dead was last week, and she brought stuff over for my kids. Her mom had made a number of like different different delicacies from from Mexico that they would have had in, in, during Day of the Dead, and brings over for my kids to like try out and stuff. And she's my children's favorite babysitter that they've ever had. And so in, in this, not not that we have to shoot for that, right? But like. Because she's she's a special case, and I do have a handful of students that I keep up with on on that level. Mm -hmm. But it is really, it is this. You know, I think when kids want to connect with you, when they do offer their story to you, it is such an honor yeah. that yeah. I don't. I have a hard time letting go of that. Like I want to see what you become, and I don't want it to be a surprise. I don't want to find out about it in the paper. I want to follow your journey, and I just think that that is. It is such a blessing when kids share that with stuff with us that it's like, yeah, you know, I just want to keep up. And so there's a number of stories sort of like that. But I mean, she went on to be valid Victorian of her of her class. Uh, she was salutatorium in college. Uh, she is really doing incredible work now. And so I just am proud to be able to keep up with kids on that level. It's so exciting for me. And it's so much, it, it speaks to, like, even though that student was like, oh, you gave me a C, whatever, it speaks to, like, it really wasn't about the grade. It wasn't about, like, a, a, a score on a piece of paper. It was about the relationship that you built with them. And it's so interesting, you know, as you're, as you're saying that, that story, I'm thinking back to students of my own where it was like that connection was so fierce. And, mm -hmm. like, but it was, it, I like what you said, wear them down with love. Because I remember I've told students over the years, I'm like, you're my project, like for this semester, like, you know, we're going to get you, I don't I, I, forget the grade, forget the score, you know, forget whatever. But like, I see you and I see your potential yeah. and all of this. And it's amazing when kids, I've had kids come back and be like, I still remember that conversation. And it's, it's so it, I like, I like your, your thought process here with, you know, having conversations with kids and, and building that relationship and then for life, because some of my favorite students, well, you know, we'll have brunch dates. You know, I was like, when you're 18, when you've graduated and they like, there are some kids that are like, when, do, when as soon as I meet those qualifications, <laughs> we're going out for brunch. Yes. <laughs> so, have you done that? Have you gone to brunch? Yeah. Nice. Yes. I love yeah. it. You know, like some of my students now it is, it is really former students there. It's so fun to see, like you, you said, like to see them come into like adulthood and like where life takes them and, and all of that. And it's so much more than, 
you know, chemistry class, 10th, 11th grade of high school. Yeah, that, but it, that relationship there is, is so special, what you kind of talked about. Well, it's, it's the belief too, right? Like when I, when kids, when kids, I think kids act out partially because they want to see if you're really about it. Mm-hmm. And so are you really, like you say you care, you say you'll do anything. You say, and, and especially when we're dealing with kids that have dealt with an utter lack of consistency in their lives, it's, are you going to ride this attitude out? And when I show you that I am, and I'm really about it, then I think that wall comes down and then we can go into, then everything's fair game. Like now what, what's a big deal now? Vocabulary, like reading a book. Come on, bro. Like we've done harder things than this together. So I just love that. I love the brunch idea too. I had a kid real quick uh, that hit me up last year and he was in high school for a very, he was, he was a five-year plan and his first freshman year, he watched Goodfellas. So he asks me in, in class one day, like, this kid was a project. He was a project. Kev calls me up and he goes, uh, in freshman year, he goes, yo, Reynolds, um, when I turn 21, would you take me to the casino? And I go, what, bro, what? I go, do your work. I said, if you graduate high school, we could have a conversation about it. He goes, all right, but we got to wear track suits when we go. <laughs> all right, Kev. So last year, I got the phone call. Reynolds, I just turned 21. We're putting on track suits and going to the casino. His mom's in the background. She goes, you told him, Reynolds. You told him when he, I didn't want him to call you. You told him when he was 21. So me and Kev and some of his buddies and another teacher friend of mine, we we bought track suits, velour track suits, and went to the casino last year in Philadelphia. Um, I love it. It was a weird moment for me, but, you know, that's what now, I'm talking about. I have to ask because, you know, this is, this is something I think about with balancing, you know, this idea of, you know, teach your class off and these really deep relationships that can grow over time. But like, how do you balance that? You know, right. Like, cause one of my, one of my always concerns with like new teachers and just people in the profession is like burnout and like doing too much, you know, like, where's your, your limit. Is that something that you had to kind of like take care of or did it just kind of like, did it kind of find its way through just focusing on the relationships, you know, like in terms of, just all the kids and all their problems. I mean, like it can be a lot to carry as an educator. So like, how do you, how do you deal with that or process that? Or like, what tips can you give people? So they don't feel like overwhelmed by this idea. Like, Oh, now I need to know every kid's story. Right. So you, one, you don't right? teaching is a communal activity. So this, this should be something that is done by your entire staff. And so we all are connecting with students at any given time, but not every kid needs me and not every kid wants to have the relationship with me, right? I walk around the hallway with a giant hand on a stick giving (laughs) high fives and there are kids that are like, no, I will not participate in this activity. And that's fine. I'm not the person for you. I just want to make sure that you find your person, that you find somebody to connect with. So, you know, when I think about teacher burnout, I think in the beginning, everyone always warns teachers about burnout, right? But I liked in the beginning going to school at six o'clock in the morning and staying till 7.30 at night. I was, I, man, school when there's no one there and you're just working on your room and planning (laughs) stuff and you got your music blaring, that is the greatest time. I would go to school on Saturdays because no one was there and I, I enjoyed it. As I got older, I didn't need to do that much prep, right? Like my lesson planning process, like, in the, my last few years of school was like literally driving to school. I'm like, what are we reading? What part of the book? Are we, oh, okay, this is what we do today. Like I just had done it so many times. I didn't need to do all that prep work. And I think that 
so that that's part of it. I think the other part is this idea of you have to fill yourself back up. And so in the beginning, te teaching was honestly enough. I didn't have to do 75 other things to fill myself up. Teaching was enough. But you get to a point where maybe it's not, right? Like when, as, like when I had kids, I couldn't go to school as much. Um, when I, you know, and there's different things that you need to do, but like it's really pouring into yourself. What are you doing that's giving you energy so you have energy to give? Hmm. And I had a therapist, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago that asked me, I was working way too much and I was feeling, I was starting to feel that kind of burnout, that kind of like lack of excitement to go into school a bit. And I never went to show it at school, but I felt it on the inside. And so he said, what did you do when that was fun? When you were like, what would did like 18, 19 year old Reynolds do? And I said, oh, I like traveled a lot more. I surfed a lot, I skateboarded a lot, I played drums in a lot of bands. And told him a couple other things. And he goes, and what of those things are you doing now? And I said, none. Like, I, none. And he said, but would, like, do you still like them? And I'm like, oh, I would do any of that stuff. And he said, that's what you need to start. Look, that's your starting point. Because you need to pour into yourself on an uncanny level. Because teaching takes so much from you, right? Like, not just the teaching, it's the connections, it's we make more decisions as educators than emergency room doctors make in a day, right? And so I had to start re-looking at my life. And what I found was that there's one, there's no such thing as work-life balance. I think it's a total myth, right? And if you think about like, if I spent as much time with my kids as I spent at work, I would be poor. <laughs> and so you can't do that. But what we started looking at was rhythms. How could we find some harmony in our lives so that I wasn't spending as much time at school. I was doing stuff that filled me up. I was having values. And then I, and then really like, if I value myself, if I, that was one of my top values, it didn't look like it. If I said I valued my wife, yo, we weren't even going on dates ever. So how was I valuing? What was I doing that showed that I valued my wife? So it's, I think kind of in the beginning, knowing that you have to do this, and then when, if you do start feeling burnt out, it's remembering what are your values and then focusing on those and then focusing on, especially filling yourself back up with things that you love doing. Cause it's always better to go into school with a lesson plan that's on a six and you're on an 11, than have a lesson plan that's on an 11 and you're on a six. <laughs> like that, that's just how I, I, I that's how I kind of got around some of that stuff. Yeah. No, I, re I really like that. Cause, um, you know, it's interesting. And I, I just think there's fate in this every once in a while, especially when you're, you know, um, working on something. That, one of my worst days this year, um, and I, I remember it, it was a Friday and I was just like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, and, and literally within that hour of that, um, an email came through of a student from the past who's actually now at, uh, at college, this kid was gonna quit after bowling season, right? Like he was just, I'm done. And he wrote me a really nice email. Um, and we still have a bet on the bears, by the way, but like, we're just like, and it was just like, boom, like that was enough to just, I, you know, I remember coming home on that Friday and I was like, I'm ready to go back tomorrow. Like, so yeah. finding those, that, that, that rhythm and balance, um, and sometimes we have to seek it out, right? We have to go find it. Um, but uh, kind of changing a little bit of gears here. So 17 years in, in, a, in a classroom is a long time, right? 
Um, and so what I wanted to do is pick your brain a little bit about some of the some of the things that you've seen that is pretty cool that has changed over 17 years. And then, you know, we're all in we were all in secondary ed here. So um, I'm going to focus on high school. Where do you think it needs to go? Like, what, what do you think is like the number one change of where we should be doing some things differently that are like kind of the alarm that, hey, we kind of need to do something here uh, in addition to building relationships like we've already talked about? So I have a I have a friend in my neighborhood who's a police officer and she's she's outstanding. She said one of the things that's the most difficult thing about being a police officer is you have to wear so many hats. You are a counselor, you're a therapist, you are a marriage, like you're intervening in, in things. When they are working on the power lines, you're working that. You're crossing kids at the school bus, right? You're, you're doing so much stuff that's just like not necessarily police work. And I think teachers are very similar. If you get hired as a chef, they don't go, hey, uh, we need you, uh, Pete, if you could, uh, when you're done cooking that, uh, there needs to be someone to take out the trash. And we also, there's there's a little light on parking cars in the front of the building. And if you could run the register for just like a little bit and then like clean off some tables. No one asks you to do that. When you're a bus boy, you just bus boy stuff. Um, when you're a cook, you just cook, right? No one, if you're a chef, no one says, but can you farm? Like they, it just doesn't happen. But in teaching, it happens all the time. And so I think with, with that, all that being said, I think teachers being treated like professionals that could actually teach, right? That don't need to be micromanaged, that don't need to be led. They don't need uh, your newest and greatest like system that you bought for the school. So now we have to use the thing because we paid a lot of money, guys. So we got to use the thing. And we're like, but that doesn't help my students. Yeah, but but we already paid for the thing. So now you have to use it. <laughs> it's, it's the sense that taking things off teachers plates because every teacher will fill the time naturally. Mm -hmm. Like every teacher will use that time to plan, to tutor, to connect with parents, to create dynamic and, and amazing learning experiences for their students, but they can't do that because they're on bus duty or they're on lunch duty or they're covering three classes. And so I think that's one of the, the things. And last year in school, we got to a point where there were so many teachers leaving the classroom, like people would in the middle of the school day, you'd see them carrying a microwave to their car. And it's like, Oh, wow. you're done. That's that's the, when you have a small appliance in your hands, it's you're on your way out. <laughs> and so that meant that we had to start covering and teachers were getting as many as 12 classes to cover a week. And it's like, how are you supposed to get anything else done? Mm -hmm. So the, so that, I think it's treating teachers like they're actually professionals, giving them autonomy in the classroom. And then I think the other thing is, look, teaching's only ever about kids. And so, but we don't really make it about kids. In Philadelphia, it is it is not, um, an, uh, you do not have to test a child for dyslexia, even if it is thought that they might have dyslexia. So what we do is keep pushing books on kids that can't read. Mm -hmm. I had a kid last year, I had multiple children that were between kindergarten and second grade reading level in ninth grade like that just means you got failed by the system there was nothing it wasn't on you that you didn't learn how to read we did not have the the right interventions kids that come in and have social emotional issues it's it is this we get the kids that we get we're gonna need to love them for who they are not for who we want them to be and teach them for who they are not for who we wish they were and so i think when we start doing those two things identifying issues 
teaching that kid that's in front of us and then empowering teachers to be able to actually do the work, I think things change. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a disruptor. <laughs> I've been called into the office enough times in my life that that might be. Even as an educator, I'm sure. Yeah, no, that's what I never got in trouble in high school. I didn't, I didn't get in trouble until I went back to high school. You know, like what were some things that you did to literally kind of um, make it about the kids and also, you know, show them that the learning really, it's not about this, this C on a piece of paper mm -hmm. on your, your, your worth isn't reflective of that, et cetera. But it's like this idea of kind of pushing back on the system while in the system, just to kind of give people, you know, your perspective on, on this. Yeah. So I think, man, this is such an important question. One of the ways we start school every year is we do a project called the Life Odyssey. And all I want to know is I want 10 slides that take me from when you were born to who you are now, right? What were 10 moments in your life? You lost someone, someone was born, you moved, you made a friend, you won a championship, you lost a championship, you got a dog, you found a hobby, whatever it is. And then I give my version of that. I give an example of that. And I'm not super, super vulnerable, but I talk about things like I lost my dad when I was four years old to cancer and how that changed my life, how that made me a very young, angry young man, how, you know, I was the first male in my family to ever graduate from high school for as long as anyone could remember. And so it's sharing some of these things with kids. And then what happens is when they do these projects, you find out stuff that literally nobody else knows in the school. It doesn't show up in a 504, it doesn't show up in an IEP. If I do a call with mom, if I do a, a questionnaire in the beginning of the year, I don't find out that your dog died this summer and that's why you're really withdrawn and sad. I, I don't find out that you're in foster care, that your dad moved away, that someone you know um, died last year. And so you find out all this stuff, but then you're also finding out things that kids love that they would not otherwise tell you, right? So things like, I had a kid a couple of years ago that played polo, like riding on a horse with a stick. I didn't know that we had horses in West Philly. I didn't know. I'm like, bro, where are you? Where's poloing happening? And so you, what happens then is you have this laundry list of information that you know about students. And just that is enough to start looking at your lessons and figuring out where do I plug some of this in? And I often think that like, you know, I had to teach the Odyssey every year. It was mandatory in ninth grade. And I remember learning the Odyssey in, in ninth grade and I hated it. I thought it was the most boring thing ever. <laughs> but if my teachers, they never told me that the hero's journey was what Luke Skywalker was going through in Star Wars. If they had just told me that, it would have been like, bro, it's, it's a game changer. It's over. Because now I'm, I am looking at this through a lens that I care about. And so a really small version of this is Years ago, I would teach uh, every Monday is uh, new vocabulary. We have an assessment on Friday. So I would have like classic like clip art pictures on there. But my students back in the day would come in every Monday morning, all riled up about Jersey Shore, which is a show that was on MTV. I think it's still on MTV now again, because everyone needed a paycheck. So uh, I would get so tired because I'm like, guys, but guys, would you look at my clip art? I found this fox and I'm trying to talk about being um, being covert and no one's listening to me. But then I went home one night and I watched an episode of Jersey Shore, which is oh. not particularly easy. It's a, it's a struggle. It was, it was a bit of work. 
Plus, my wife came in the bedroom and I was watching and she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, listen, this is for the kids. I'm watching this for the kids. So I watch it and there's a character on there, Pauly D, who was like in the club and he was hooking up with some other girl while his girlfriend was in the club. And I go in the next day and I'm like, yo, covert gang. Let me tell you what covert is. Pauly D in the club, hooking up with someone in the bathroom when his girlfriend's in the club. What's even going on? They were like, what? Rebels, you watched it? And I said, yes. And it was not easy. Um, but that was, so all of my slides ended up being about a first Jersey Shore. Then it was, take your pick. It was Among Us one year. Same word, different slide. Didn't have to change anything else except for the picture. Then it was Fortnite. Try not to get shot in Fortnite or being covert. Then it was the new, last year was the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show that was coming out on Disney+. Plus. So it was taking these, these examples that kids cared about, and then that went on from there. Then Tuesday became, so that was Monday. Tuesday was, was that. Uh, Wednesday was Music Wednesday, where I picked music that not all music my kids, I didn't think they'd know, but I'm finding songs that match. And it was everything from Lionel Richie to Iron Maiden. <laughs> and playing songs and kids had to just hold up their card that matched with the definition of uh, or the word uh doing memes using gifts using it was a lot of these kind of different things that the kids were into that didn't take a whole lot of effort on my part i just had to pay attention and then mm. change the background of what we were teaching and that created an enormous amount of buy-in from students because they also just can't believe that i'm so old and how did you even know what a meme was mr <laughs> So. I'm thinking about getting a little Dirk shirt, actually. So, because that's yeah. you know that's where I'm at. Um, so I had that experience as well. It's a good idea. Wow! Like I, I got to tell you, man, Snooky, come on, man. Like <laughs> he's as old as I am now. I think. I know. I, right? you know like... Was it Jim Beach tan or something like that? I can't remember what oh, it was. Yeah, but, that's where uh, I go. Yeah, I never watch a show, Allie. Yeah. I, I actually haven't. I mean, I like I can. The names are kind of like flickering some kind of memory. But I mean, as a chemistry teacher, my first five years of teaching it was, um, oh my gosh, what's the name of the show? I'm just going to totally draw a blank on it right now. It's so famous. Everyone, like, everybody thinks about it when they think of chemistry. It's oh, uh, Breaking guy, Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, of course. It wasn't wasn't coming. Yeah. No. I, like they would be like, "Have you seen it?" And I'd be like. No, I don't make drugs. <laughs> but they loved it. Now it's not, could. it's not. It's not. It's not as uh, fashionable or in right now. Right, so right. That's but that's awesome. part of the gig too, Ali. Is that you have to constantly be changing because pop culture and hip hop culture. I mean, even when we were younger, right? Like mm -hmm. when I would like a certain band, but then too many people liked them. I'm not listening to that band anymore. <laughs> awesome, bro. It's you always have to keep it fresh, but when it's changing a song for a slideshow or a picture in the background, it's not a huge amount of work, mm -hmm. but it is, it's, it's even fun to surprise students where they're like, yo, how did you even know about them? I'm like, bro, I'm in the know. Of this yeah, it's, that's an amazing, I just, uh, I did write a blog about this um, where it was music. And of course, you know, I'm thinking, you know, everybody loves Snoop Dogg, right? Or, you know, that's my generation of music. And then, um, then we were we were talking. I'm a I'm an announcer at a football game, you know. And I was like, I need some music to play. And the kids are obviously, you know, I need the clean versions, but we need to play them. You know, that's yeah. where like Little Dirk and everybody's little now, and it's okay. All right, all right. And I thought I was up to date, and then that's when I realized I'm old. But the other thing is, we have a lot of culture in our school. We have a lot of Middle Eastern kids. We have a lot of Polish, Eastern European kids. 
and like a Polish wedding song that everybody knows and loves. And I remember playing it and it just changed the entire crowd. It was awesome. And you're right. Like that's, and it, I felt like, oh my gosh, I just learned. And you know, you do, you're vulnerable in front of the students um, when you do that. And uh, you know, it, it was, it was such an interesting moment. Very powerful actually, um, because now you, you are now not the educator, you're the learner. Um, and I think we're all learners in a room, but I don't think, you know, students get past that, which we kind of want to, what I wanted to, you know, kind of the final questions before we get in all your contact and, and how people connect with you is, um, mindset is a very difficult thing for me. And Ali and I've had these conversations of students, you know, when you go beyond the grade and, and they're so, I guess they're they're so like um, they, they built the habits to play the game, kind of like this young lady uh, who, you know, still comes over and brings meals and whatnot um, is still like, I just want to do the, it's easier just to do the the, the multiple choice test. Um, how 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 did you deal with that? Because you're one person and sometimes you're that one person or the 10 people in the school that are thinking differently and everybody else is like, here's your worksheet. So you on Friday, da da da. Um, you know, how did you deal with that over the seventeen years? Part of the difficult part about keeping up with kids is not all kids make it. Yeah. And so we we unfortunately in West Philadelphia, there's a lot of violence. We lost six young men last year to gun violence mm -hmm. in just in our little school. We have about 150 students we had in our school, and so um, when you see enough of that, the motivating factor for children when kids are crushed by that is the only I, I i never offer advice when when someone's going through something that right like i think that your attention is far better than your advice but it is like some of your friends aren't going to make it and even if they make it out of high school they make it out of college they're not living the life that they dreamed of living because not kids aren't always equipped for what that really takes right i don't want i don't, I don't want your best Right. Like when kids say, but I tried my best. I want what it takes. That's mm. what I want. And so it's that switch. And it's having kids, I think, dream about what do you want? Like every kid I ever like most students I have either want to be uh, some some sort of music artist or they want to be in play professional something. Right. Mm -hmm. some, some sort of sport. And my question is like, all right, so you want to be in the NFL. Uh, great. I'm not going to crush that dream for you. But the NFL, the average like life expectancy, their average career is three to four years. So what are you doing with the rest of your life? Like, um, so it's getting kids to dream bigger than they've dreamt. And for what? Is it just to be rich? Or are we trying to retire your grandma who worked two jobs for your whole life to just take care of you? Are we trying to create a life where your little sister doesn't have to walk home after daylight savings time in the dark and be scared, but we can instead move to a better neighborhood or or at least um, pay for an Uber for her or whatever it is that you're doing. So like, how big do you want to dream? And for what reason? Like, how are you blessing your neighborhood? How are you, you going to help your friends and your family and, and that sort of thing? And so when we get kids to dream bigger, then we have to show up bigger than they show up and so it's it's like you put yourself on the line because now you thought you wanted to earn you know 40 grand a year and you're like oh wait but the life i want um the life that the the money that's going to take the life that's going to take to retire my grandmother i have to be more mm -hmm. than when i'm than i am and so 
you know, I tell kids all the time, like you, you have to, you have to do more to be more, to have more. And so the same is with teachers. If you want to have that classroom, to have the class that all the kids want to come back to, that they're literally cutting other classes or saying they're going to the bathroom because <laughs> you have a speaker in your room that they do not want to miss out on. Or you had a DJ come in that's showing the kids how to mix vinyl old school. And they're wondering, are there cats arguing in that? Like, what's going on in that class? It sounds horrible. <laughs> but when you start having that class, you need to be at the best that you can be. And so that's, what, you know, back to the burnout thing. It is really like, it's such a combination of learning how to be that individual um, so that you can have more. And really it's kids. It's like, it's, it's always, that never gets old. When you mm -hmm. see a kid come in in ninth grade, right, Al, you said like your project child, right? You see that kid, you're like, yo, I'm, I will, we're going to make something out of you. We're, I'm going to help you. I'm, and not that I'm like, the one making anything, what I'm going to do is unlock, I'm going to help you yeah. see who, who you could be. And then you got to do the work. Right. But that never gets old when a kid make, when someone makes it to college when someone graduates college, when someone gets married and w invites you to their wedding, you're like, you're like living your dream that never gets old. And that really fuels you. So in the beginning, it takes a little time for you to get to that place. But once you start seeing those wins, you don't care what anybody else thinks. And, and, and even if that bothers you, I think sometimes here's how you get around that, Peter, it's inviting people into your awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes my neighbor has parties behind me and they're very, very loud and they're laughing a lot and they're having so much fun and I get annoyed because it's late. And I just wondered, like, my wife was like, are you annoyed because they're being louder? Cause you didn't get invited to the party. I'm like, <laughs> no, you might be right. And so I think sometimes when you're doing incredible stuff in your class, it's inviting other teachers in, and that's, I think, how you make partners and you start unlocking each other's greatness in those moments as well. Fantastic advice. Fa I love that. Final thoughts, Allie. What do you think? There was, I loved how, like, where this conversation went with, like, full-on relationships and unique ways to do that and breakfast parties, cereal parties. Like, I'm all about that. Um, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> no matter, like, I don't care if you're corporate, higher ed, elementary school whatever like that's just a that's just a 10 out of 10 idea um but the one line i just like it's just gonna stick with me is this but can you farm yeah right like but can you farm like i just think it's it's good like for teachers to to think about this and education in general is like be careful what you are asking your educators to do because the the great ones that really are doing the type of work that you're doing cj which is just very transformative and they're being their best so don't ask them to to farm when you want them to teach so that's 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 my final thought so out of the classroom 100 percent helping people across the world uh where can people find you the real rap with reynolds how can they connect because i got to tell you uh i did meet this guy in austin and for a few beverages around south by southwest um i still think about that conversation we had sitting down in the atrium of some hotel uh you bring it man so where can people connect with you so you can bring it to them 
first of all, that was an incredible hotel, wasn't it? Well, it was that like, was insane. I, mean, I just remember sitting there. I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, I'm I staying at I, like the I Motel wish I could give it a prop right now because it was just yeah. beautiful. But yeah, uh, I was in like a tent behind a dumpster. And yes, I'm like, that's incredible. the kind of, um, yeah, that's what it, you do, you do what it takes when I heard that story. So going to well, wake it's up. Also, that was, that's teacher budget right there. So yeah. um, <laughs> to find me, you can just Google CJ Reynolds uh, or go to realrapidreynolds.com. It's where all of our stuff is. It'll link you to the book and to the YouTube channel and the podcast and all the other stuff so um that's the best way to kind of find out where i am and what's going on with us awesome well thank you so much for hanging out with us today uh two time there's not too many of uh the the peeps get two times on disrupt but uh since you're uh, making the switch and, and helping more and more people man it, it's a pleasure to have you on and thank you for sharing your stories thank you you guys are doing great work i'll, t- I'll tell you disrupt education when once i heard that i was like that is the, there's not another name in education of anybody that has anything going on that I have like sort of coveted. Uh, but I was like, oh, man, I wish we had thought of that first. That's so it's so good. So thank you to you guys for the work that you're doing. It's it's awesome. Thank you so much. Possible merger later on. We never know. So <laughs> all right. And for everybody else, thank you all so much for listening. Trust me, if you're an educator and in education, even in corporate, you, you want to take a look at the real rap with Reynolds. You can help all across the board. And uh, we'll catch you all next time on the Disrupt Education Podcast.